Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. What is an indigenous plant? It's a native plant not only to Australia, but to a specific area of the country, so it's a local native plant. Today on Muddy Boots, we're going to talk about the benefits of growing Indigenous plants in our gardens, how to choose plants from your local area, and what we need to do to help them to thrive. Keith? Hello, Keith. Hello. Hello, Keith. (laughs) Why should we plant Indigenous plants in our gardens? Well, there can be lots of reasons why you'd want to do it, but I guess the first thing I'd like to touch on, as you have, but maybe look at it in a little bit more detail, is that Indigenous should never be confused with native, all right? Okay. A native means that the plant is native to anywhere in Australia, but Indigenous means that it comes from a specific area. Yeah, that's why I said local it is Native local, and it is plant. that it is that yes. fine. Yes. So an, an indigenous garden is then totally different to a native garden. Yes. Some gardeners think that by planting out their garden with only native plants, they are doing the environment a great service, and this is, is not, not necessarily true. true. No, not at all. Okay. So, just so, planting native species in an area without checking if that plant is indigenous can be bad for the surrounding ecosystem. Native species can become weeds in areas where they aren't originally from, and they can spread and take over habitats. And this can alter the whole ecosystem by not being the plant that species like birds or small animals feed off. And they can also, and this is really important, they can change the ground level by taking up too much water, and they can also cross-pollinate with our indigenous species, creating unwanted hybrids. So, so don't just, just pop points. in an f- old native garden then, do some research. Is this what you're saying? That's right, absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, I'll, and I'll give you some examples of, of where this has sort of happened. Uh, and if we think about the green verges between freeways, mm. um, there was a much planted species of, um, um, it's sort of like a tea tree. It was called, it, the proper name is Mataluca armillaris. Mm-hmm or the bracelet honey myrtle, which is more mm. of its common name. Mm. And it became a weed because it reseeded and spread into the surrounding areas. And then you've got another one, which, was, which is also banned down here in a big way, and that's the Cootamundra wattle, uh, Acacia baileyana. And this particular plant is indigenous to a very small Specific. area of southern New South Wales. Ah. And it's another spe- another species, another native species that's become just absolutely pro- problematic. So if it's planted in that area of New South Wales, then it is fine there. Yeah, absolutely. It will grow and thrive happily and it won't spread itself everywhere. Is that that's, right? And that's it, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, however, you know, because it was such a great-looking plant, um, it has this beautiful, almost like a, a grey with a, a, a just a slight red tinge to the foliage and then the beautiful, yep. you know, fluffy bursts of, of, um, of uh, uh, you know, Flower. flowers, mm. um, it, it was extensively planted and it is uh, now considered a weed because it out-competes, out, out you know, all the other in- Indigenous uh, plants from the area. Okay. Um, you know, but the, the, the problem there is some councils and even some people from Landcare are still planting it out there uh, today. Really? Yeah, that absolutely. You think they'd know better? Well, you. I would have so. thought. Yeah. Okay, so the benefits then of planting indigenous plants in our own area, because we talked about how the, you know if you've got to make sure it's indigenous, it's got to be the plant that is mm-hmm. local to our area. There are so many benefits to doing that, and what are those benefits? 
Um, the, well, a lot of the benefits are that you're you're you're, you're keeping um, a lot of those local plants alive because you know as as you know the, all the housing moves out, all this land is just trashed and you know, mm-hmm. we're losing you know, incredible amounts of, of uh, orchids and mm. all these sorts of mm. things that are just vanishing. You know, mm. so it's just great. I mean, we're lucky where we, we live at the moment because we've got down behind us we've got these beautiful vast tracts of land mm. that were set aside by. Uh, Walter Burley Griffin That's right. as reserves, yes. and these these areas have got lots and lots of indigenous plants growing within them. You know, to this, to this particular day. So then, that hasn't. So those particular reserves haven't been. Pla- nothing's been planted in them. That's been since then. Since that planning was made. Um, and no, but what's happened is that that. The, the upkeep and the maintenance of those areas is... is, is Extreme. It, yeah, it has. I mean, there's, there's lots of areas down there that's full of blackberries. Oh. You know, they've just got in there, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and spread around coming out of the out of the bird's bum, you know, <laughs> new seeds spreading up and starting everywhere else. And then, of course, um, you know, people would then use that vacant land behind their properties to dispose of other uh, weeds that then just took yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you, you really need to do a lot of research mm-hmm. and there's lots of great places that you can get research you know, on, on all these Indigenous plants. There are. Yeah. But before we go to that, though, the, 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 they're a fantastic food source, aren't they, for our mm. local flora and fauna. So they're going to bring, our local fauna, I should say, they're going to bring the birds and they're going to bring the, you know, the, 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 the wildlife, in the in, indigenous wildlife, yes, yep. into the area. So that's, that's a really good, um, um, you know, benefit. But they're also, they help to preserve, because a lot of exotic plants have obviously been planted mm. into, the, to, into our gardens, in, you know, they've taken over to almost to an extent. And so it'd be nice to bring the indigenous plants back into our gardens to, you know, have their... Yeah, have their absolutely. Place as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what a lot of things that we you know we're, we're learning along the way. And, and I mentioned before these beautiful little native orchids that, mm. that um, colonise these these areas around here. Um, people have thought you know oh this this area is going to become you know a, a, a property soon. So I'm going to go in there and harvest these orchids and and grow them and. What happens there is that, that people don't understand that there is a symbiotic relationship that happens with orchids and fungi. Ah, you know, so you know, this sort of you've stuff. Got know, so you've got to do. You've got to know you, what you're doing. You've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, you've got yeah, to know yeah. what you, you know before you start going digging up orchids. You really need to do a little bit of research on them. And with all of those plants, any of those plants, you any need to know plants. exactly what their environment, yeah. that, that the environment that they require, don't you, before Absolutely. you just put it in the ground at home. So that's another thing you um, need to research as well. So here in the Mornington Peninsula, the, the Mornington Peninsula Shire Council has a partnership arrangement with a few local communities down here where the, uh, the, 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 you know, the volunteers go and source the seeds from the local plants and then they grow those on. So those plants are actually true to type in terms of being yes. indigenous plants. Yes. They're not, you know, they're not a hybrid or anything else. They've been specifically selected, you know, yes. for, for, you know for the, the, to be on grown. You know. And I think most councils, well, I hope most councils, have an indigenous nursery and they have, as you say, they have volunteers or they have people who actually go out at certain times of the year, or not go out, but well, they, they source the seeds and then they, they grow those seeds and so then to sell on to people to exactly. actually plant to their local gardens, and that's and that's another very interesting little little fact there about collecting seeds and, and growing, and because a lot of the seeds that we have here in Australia, indigenous seeds, um, most of them actually require a fire in order to get them to germinate, ah. um, and that's why lots and lots of studies have been done 
on, on selecting seeds and knowing how to grow them. And one of the things that they use for growing native seeds is smoke water. Right. All right, which is, which is a water that has been infused with a, with smoke. Wow. So it's got this smoky sort of a, a smell and, and, mm. and, and all you know the elements from smoke. Mm. And that actually helps germinate those seeds. Wow. So it's incredible. What a so process. So there's lots and lots of, you know, of, you know, to, of, of interesting, interesting studies stuff to, to be looked at yes. and sourced before you just go and start putting in a, a native an, garden indigenous or an indigenous plant. garden. So talking about that, how do we know or how do we find out what plants are indigenous to our area? Ah, Through the is, council or the council tell us? Well... Sometimes they do, and, I, and I've seen a lot of publications mm. um, by council, yes, um, by people who have probably, you know, done theses and all these sorts of, of, of uh, work on it. Um, but there's one that, that I would like to just to sort of point out because I've seen it referred to as indigenous by the by some of the local councils, both further up the line from you know from, us, from yep. Frankston as also the Mornings Peninsula, yeah, and that is. Um, a plant called Leptospernum lavagartum, which is the coastal tea tree. Yes. All right. So the complex issue about this is that this plant is indigenous to Wilson's Promontory, not all the way down the Mornington Peninsula, not all the way up to up to Mordialic or anything else. It is just an indigenous plant from Wilson's Promontory. Um, and, be, and, and because um, uh, there's been suppressions of fires, all these sorts of things, um, it's taken over. Um, so when I when I was a kid, I mean I I've been I grew up in Frankston, you know, yep. about a hundred years ago. Yes, exactly. And um, there were areas of, of, of Frankston, uh, Jubilee Park, for instance, that was just forests and forests of tea tree. This Leptospermum lavagartum. Yeah. Because these areas were cleared, and the seeds blew in, and they just colonised the whole place. Um, so you that's, know, so, that's so the problem. People, that is that's the, the problem. problem. Yeah. And people from the council then thought, oh. This that's all must be indigenous, you know. So it's indigenous, <laughs> you know. So there's got to be a lot of good research that you have to do. Okay. When when I was when I was looking at um, um, indigenous gardens, because some of the clients that, that I designed for wanted indigenous uh, gardens, I went to you know and looked at looked at libraries to get the best resources. And there's one particular book there um, written by a chap by the name of Leon Costamans. And it's titled Trees and Shrubs of Southeastern Australia. And he did enormous amounts of research on all of these indigenous plants of this of the, the southeastern parts of Australia mm. to come up with these fabulous fact books mm. on the plants that were just indigenous to those areas. Okay. And it covered, you know, trees right down to, to grasses. Okay. Now, so these resources are all available. That's so. That's a really good research. That's, that's that a good. That's a, a good really book good to, research, to look at. Research. Yeah, for for Southeast Australia, obviously, yeah. in particular. Just absolutely brilliant. But councils do 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 a lot of research now, and they do produce pamphlets and mm -hmm. little booklets. They do um, that, that tell you what the weed species are and what yes, the indigenous what to grow and what are. not to grow. Exactly. So if you want to put in a, an indigenous garden. Um, do, do talk to your local council. Yeah, go and talk and speak to some of the volunteers. Yes, and because there is an Indigenous nursery. At, well, we know that Mornington and Frankston does, and hopefully all councils have an Indigenous, indigenous nursery yeah. to that particular area. So so obviously you can't find these plants anywhere, really, but the, at these Indigenous nurseries. Right. You're not going to find them at Bunnings. No, you, no, they're not going to be at Bunnings, and they're not going to be grown by the, the local nursery, nursery. around the area. Um, th these are plant-specific 
for that particular yes, area. Yes. Now, if we decide we'd like to plant some Indigenous plants into an existing garden design, mm-hmm. what are ways that we can incorporate that sort of thing? In This is coming from your design point of view, your design brain. Mm-hmm. What can we incorporate? How can we incorporate that into that into an existing design? Um, it, look, it's pretty easy to, to do that because you'll, you'll find that if you take in the Indigenous plants and put them into your garden they're going to grow more successfully than probably a lot of the other things you're going to be, you're going to be going, you know, mm-hmm. trying to plant there as well. Um, as long and, as you plant them in the right position. Exactly. Et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. The right um, conditions. You know, so, so things like you, you start off with grasses, for instance, you know, and, and you, you might do a, a mass planting of, of, of a of grass area in a, in a difficult sort of a situation. Um, and down here in the Mornings Peninsula, there's some fabulous um, grasses that, um, you know, will just thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular is, is uh, Poa Labaladera, which is a, a beautiful um, soft grass that has beautiful seed heads on it. Mm-hmm. And then there's Lamandras and mm-hmm. uh, Dianellas and, and all these things. So a lot of, a lot of small stuff that's going to bring in a lot of the little native um, finches and birds oh, like that that will come to the garden to it'll, um, you know, feed off the seeds. Okay, and it would be... Um as I said, if, as, as long as it's in the right position, it will thrive, so it might even take over. Yeah. What happens if we want to uh, build a garden completely around Indigenous plants? Can we make that a formal garden, do you think, or would it have to be a I think, I don't think casual-looking garden? Anything can be formal um, because that all, that all gets back to how you, you structure clip the it. garden. Yeah, and you can clip it. Um, and then it, it, it becomes less... Of a of a an indigenous garden when you start to do those sorts of things rather than just letting things happen. Yeah, yeah. So you know? indigenous means casual, relaxed. Yeah, yeah I think okay, so. I guess. Okay. Do they require, in general, a great deal of maintenance? No. In fact, they were, they will require less maintenance than nearly every other plant that sits in your garden, because they are used to growing in the soils that we've got there. So you don't need to go and, and compost the soils or biochar it or microgolded or rock dust it. You just plant them. Oh, this sounds a bit easy. Well, it is. Unless but, it's know. clay soil that you've got, you've got to do something with that. Yeah, well, no, not even in oh. that sort of a situation because if you pick the right, um, you know, the right plant from the right ecosystem, and, and I mean, if you take the Mornington Peninsula because this is where we live, yep. um, they have brochures that, have, that, have, that are site-specific for certain areas and they're broken down into five regimes all the way along the Mornington Peninsula mm. because we've got such diverse um, uh, you know, areas down yeah, there yeah. From, from, you know, 30, 40 feet of sand to, you know, a, a quarter of an inch of topsoil. Yeah. You know? so they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Very, and that's what I'm saying. Okay. If you're going to put an indigenous garden in, do the research. Yes, okay. It'll reward you in the end. And so then they, they may not, well, I suppose they'll need a bit of pruning, but basically they're, if they're natural... They'll look after themselves. they just look after themselves. Yeah. This sounds like an easy garden, Keith. Should we do it? Mm, not for me. Why not? I like my fiddling and carrying on. I like to <laughs> change <laughs> and redo like and do all that. <laughs> okay, so we don't need to feed them. Nope. What about if we put them into pots, though? That's a different story, isn't it? Because they're going to potting mix. That is, and that's where you know where you, you might just sort of set yourself up for a bit of a fail there. Oh, okay, because, so no pots. Yeah, because look, you know, it's you're not putting it into the environment that would normally be growing in. Okay, okay, so, so don't no, do it. Not, Stick not it into pots. the ground. Now, I think one of the most appealing things about planting some indigenous plants in my garden, and I do have a couple, but not a lot, um, is that it will attract the local birds and animals into the garden to play alongside the bees and the butterflies. Now, to do that, I'd need to choose specific plants that would provide different food sources and for them to mm-hmm. nest in, etc., wouldn't I? Yes. So that's, again, 
the research that we yeah. do to get those uh, get the right plants to help the fauna come yeah. to the garden. And, and then when we, if we talk about bees, um, bees per se. I mean, the 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 the, the, the normal bee that we've got, the honey bee wouldn't be attracted to a lot of those particular plants. Okay, so then we've got to, they've got to live yeah. alongside, excuse my voice, alongside... Yeah, the others. The others that so, come so in. So there are, there are, you know, there, there are single um, species bees that would come and, and, and pollinate those plants or, or, you know, reap the rewards from those Talking plants. about native. Little native, native bees, bees, yeah. Native bees, yeah, yeah, obviously. And, of course, down here, down here um, in Victoria, we don't have... Uh, native bees that come in colonies they're all single bees they're all yes individual that's bees. right they don't, they don't, they don't, so don't live together no. okay okay well i think this has been quite informative as always thank you keith it's a pleasure so if you would like to incorporate some indigenous plants into your garden contact your local council for a booklet or have a look at their website for information on local plants in your area and for the address of your local indigenous nursery but also do that extra bit of research as well and thank you for the name of that book again, and Leon Kosterman's... It's Trees and Shrubs of Southeastern Australia. There's probably some copies of that still available. Um, Leon was, was a lecturer at, um, at, one, of the un- at the, one of the universities down here, uh-huh. so he's a local lad as I well. I know that name. Yeah. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.